Hey guys, this is Francis, and welcome to As You Wish, where we explore one line from one verse of the book, Vashishta's Yoga. It's going to be an exciting ride. Here we go. Okay, so I'm calling this one Countless Happenings. This is in relation to part one, chapter 19. And in this part of the story, Rama is talking about how childhood that we usually think of as a happy time can be a time of helplessness, mishaps, and inability to express oneself. So the quote I've chosen is this. The child is exposed to countless happenings around it. They puzzle the child, confuse the child, and arouse it in various fantasies and fears. My takeaway, three things. Basically, this reminded me of cable TV before we knew better. That's number one. Number two, a bird's eye view, a parent's looking over a playground. And our phrase that we would call out over and over again was, look out. (laughs) And number three, about your inner seven-year-old. So I'll just elaborate on those a little bit. So for the first one, uh, the idea of cable TV before we knew better. So there's a story behind that. So when I was a kid, I remember cable TV had just come out and it was very exciting if you had it in your house. Not everybody did. We didn't. But a friend of mine had it. It was either on TV or select TV. Eventually we got we got it in our house too. And I had this experience of going to my friend's house and everybody was very excited to be watching the movie that was on that you could watch in your own home. So the movie just happened to be, and I was way too young to be watching this, The Exorcist. <laughs> uh, suffice it to say, I was really not um, reacting well to that after the fact. And, and in the moment, I was so scared. I remember watching the movie, like, you know, had my hand in front of my face and was peeking through my fingers to watch it. So the the bad thing about that is actually my imagination took over and made it like 10 times worse than it already was. So the after effect of that was that I began sleepwalking. I don't think it happened very often, but I do have the distinct memory of falling asleep in my bed, which was in an upstairs bedroom, and then being very confused when I woke up because I woke up downstairs. My mom explained to me the next day that she realized that I was sleepwalking. And this was soon after um, watching the exorcist and sort of being pretty traumatized by that. To this day, I'm not a big fan of scary movies and definitely kind of the supernatural scary ones. I, I really <laughs> like, they're really not enjoyable for me to, uh, to watch those. So I kind of steer clear of those as much as I can. So that's my um, story about uh, cable TV uh, before we knew better. I'm sure that, um, you know, Ratings, I don't even know what what was happening with ratings back then, but uh, yeah, definitely I shouldn't have watched that. Anyway, um, the next thing uh, was another story. This is kind of the idea of a bird's eye view of parents and and our phrase that we want to call out is like, look out. So a little background, I have a group of parents that as my kids were growing up, there was a great group of friends that hung out. And so the parents would be there on the playground, you know, watching after their kids. And so the parents got to hang out too. Now, moving forward uh, several years, my older child is in middle school and my younger child is in grade school. And so they're not sort of like those tiny toddlers that are playing on, on the structures, walking on the, you know, the rubber mat around the structures. 
But uh, my younger ones still like to hang out in the playground. There was a wooded area they like to clam around in. And they didn't need to be sort of watched like a, like a hawk, like when they're tiny. So, um, you know, I was sitting there and, and there happened to be another parent there that was maybe waiting for their kid. I can't remember exactly. I think they were waiting for their kid to come back uh, from middle school on the bus. And so here we were, two parents, without our kids to, to kind of watch like a hawk, like the other parents were needing to, and kind of sitting on a bench in the playground. And from this different perspective, like our kids are not tiny at this point. This particular day happened to be really tumultuous one on the playground, but just the carnage on the playground in front of us. So the parent and, and I were witnessing this, and it was kind of good that I, I had their commentary as well, because... What we saw was, you know, this kid on a scooter about to hit that one, that other one over there, you know, about to get hit by a ball, the toddler that's toddling, and they look like they're just about to fall over, and then they do, and they cry, and, you know, so it's just the carnage this day was just, like, uh, extremely higher than I remembered it ever when our kids were that little. And, you know, literally, they're, they're, the kids are just far enough away where you, you can't really, like, have your hands on them to, like, like pick them up. So there's no neglect on any of the parents' part. There's nothing we could have done. But we were from a bird's eye view watching, and our just general kind of uh, horror was like, oh, my God, oh, ow, look out. Uh, you know, so this is kind of just our, our, our bird's eye view of, of that, the moment uh, that, that uh, came to pass. Uh, the next thing that came up was this idea of your inner seven-year-old. This this brought me on a little bit of an exploration here. I thought of Selma Freiberg, who I love, and her book, The Magic Years, I was so influenced by, was so great. But I found another one of her writings. It's called Ghost in the Nursery. And she's talking about, um, I'll just kind of read this little excerpt. So she says here, in every nursery, there are ghosts. There are the visitors from the unremembered past of the parents the uninvited guests at the christening under all favorable circumstances, the unfriendly and unbidden spirits are banished from the nursery and return to their subterranean dwelling place. The baby makes his own imperative claim upon parental love and in strict analogy with the fairy tales, the bonds of love protect the child and his parents against the intruders, the malevolent ghosts. And what she's talking about here, I think is basically you know, our parents raised us with their best knowledge and we learned from them. And then we are raising our kids with our best knowledge and we, we do the best we can. But, but we bring from our past like patterns that we have learned. In yoga, the Sanskrit word is samskara. And it's basically, you know, generalized patterns that make up our conditioning. You could think of it like grooves, like the grooves in a record um, that they've been kind of created and they, they kind of, that's where we fall into them. Um, I'll read a little bit more from this quote. She says, this is not to say that ghosts cannot invent mischief from their burial places. Even among families where the love bonds are stable and strong, the intruders from the parental past may break through the magic circle in an unguarded moment. And a parent and his child may find themselves reenacting a moment or a scene from another time with another set of characters. Such events are unremarkable in family theater, and neither the child nor his parents nor their bond is necessarily imperiled by a brief intrusion. It is not usually necessary for the parents to call upon us for clinical services. 
in other families, there may be more troublesome events. So that's just kind of a commentary on um, this idea that these samskaras come up and we bring with us from our past, you know, just what we learned, basically. There's a quote also from uh, Selma Freiberg relating to siblings. And this little nugget I wish that I had, you know, when the sibling rivalry sort of came up. Um, this is the quote here. It seems to me that we have to draw the line in sibling rivalry. Whenever rivalry goes out of bounds into destructive behavior of a physical or verbal kind, the principle needs to be this. Whatever the reasons for your feelings, you will have to find civilized solutions. Now, when my kids were going through it, I wish I just had that phrase. Whatever the reasons for your feelings, you will have to find civilized solutions. I think with every sibling, there's like the story. Like I remember, you know, my sibling and I like, I can't remember what the exact story was, but I, I remember running after my older sibling and they, I think they had something they snatched from me and I wanted it back. And I remember a car door getting slammed on my leg. Like that was, it was a sliding door too. <laughs> it was like, oh shoot. The, you know, that's uh, definitely was a, not a, one of our finest moments, but stuff like this happens every once in a while. So when we see it with our own kids, like this, this horror, like, like, <gasps> oh my God, like, how can it be? And then we, we, we jump ahead and think, oh my God, what, is this going to be, for, you know, a foreshadowing of terrible behavior? And it's not really like, I, I, I really feel like, like, this is their moment to learn. There are ways you act in certain situations, and there are ways you absolutely don't act in certain situations. So again, that phrase, whatever the reasons for your feelings, you will have to find civilized solutions, period. The next thing that came up with this idea of your inner seven-year-old, uh, I found an article called How Talking to My Seven-Year-Old Self Changed My Life by Zoe Blasky. Um, so her website is motherkind.co and um, she has a podcast too. So I listened to a podcast with Gabor Mate, who I really resonate with his information. And this quote that he brought up came from his co-writer, Gordon Newfield, and their book is called Hold On to Your Kids. So here's the quote. We shall be saved in an ocean of tears. And this is from Gordon Newfield. But then Gabor Mate is kind of explaining that there are two kinds of tears. There are tears of frustration, and those ones don't really help. But there are also tears of vulnerability and genuine grief. And in these moments, like vulnerability is necessary. So he says that nothing grows without vulnerability. The idea is that when our kids are sad, we help them to express that sadness without making them feel wrong for how uh, they are acting it out. And he talks a little bit more about acting out. You know, when a kid is acting out, we have to understand that they are telling us something through their behavior. And this idea of like helping them work it out rather than sort of shutting it down or just sort of disciplining it out of them. This is kind of like a, a communication. They're trying to tell us something. So best if we can listen and just be there for them and address it on a deeper level. Basically what Gaber Mate is saying, the main things that we can do to help. And even if we've made mistakes in the past, we have to forgive ourselves and we can try to repair. And the best way to do that is to be around, be conscious and be self-loving. thought that was interesting. So we have to also take care of ourselves 
a really important point. So we can teach our kids by our example and by making a safe place for them that they can be safe to be vulnerable. And, um, you know, his, his kind of funny moment that he was talking about was he was giving a lecture and there was like a large group of people and he was talking to the organizer and saying, I'm really just saying the same thing all the time. And he's talking about like the different lectures that he's done over a time period. He's saying about kids, treat them well, and they will be okay. And I thought that was really comforting. So although, you know, Rama is kind of expressing in his in this moment that like childhood can be a really challenging time. I, I hope that like kind of these few musings, like um, just give a little bit of hope around to kind of what we can do and to just be there for our kids. Um, it's been a really uh, interesting exploration to be looking into these pieces of information. And so I hope that's helpful for you too. So I look forward to seeing you the next time until then have a great day and go hug your kids. Take care. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of the Yoga Vashishta. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you can get the next episode as soon as it comes out. We'll see you next time. Bye.